Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is the trade deadline edition of the Head to Head Podcast. This is the 33rd episode of the podcast. And again, I'm talking all things NBA trade deadline. Mostly the Eastern Conference made all... All of the interesting news, the Philadelphia 76ers got Tobias Harris, they traded Markel Foltz, the Milwaukee Bucks got Nikola Mirotic to add to their front court, and the Toronto Raptors got former Defensive Player of the Year, Mark Gasol. Even the Pacers have added since the injury of Victor Oladipo. They are expected to sign Wesley Matthews to their roster. The Celtics are rumored to be on the um, market of current free agents too as Ennis Cantor could be in their future. Mostly the Eastern Conference are the teams that upgraded and the Western Conference teams are the ones looming. Like the Clippers are interesting because they're, they've opened up cap space to sign two max free agents. But for this year, clearly the Eastern Conference teams are the ones that are trying to compete to become the Golden State Warriors. The Sixers, the Bucks, and the Raptors are really trying to take that next step to reaching their full potential and at least making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. One of those three teams is definitely going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, along with the Celtics. There's a core four in the East. There was five. You could really make the case that the five teams were pretty even, but then the Pacers lost Oladipo. And I still think the Pacers, in their current capacity, could make it out of the first round easily on one of these teams. There's going to be an upset in the East, because I think a lot of these teams are so evenly matched. I'm going to go move by move and tell you my opinions on them. Let's start with the Philadelphia 76ers, who add Tobias Harris and Jonathan Simmons and get rid of Mark Helfoltz. So, first off with Tobias Harris, he is having a career year, 20-point score, 42% from free, a wing player, a pretty good defender. He's a, he's a, he is a dual threat. That team is desperate for shooting. They basically only have J.J. Redick. Jimmy Butler can have on nights, but he also has a lot of off nights from the three-point line. So you get Tobias Harris and you sure up a weakness. And Ben Simmons needs to go back to playing pure point guard form Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' best ability as an offensive player is his passing ability. It's not his ability to attack the basket. To me, it's his ability as a passer. So the Sixers add Tobias Harris, but they also trade away their number one pick, Markel Fultz, to the the Orlando Magic for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and Jonathan Simmons. Listen, the Markel Fultz thing was miserable. He is a bust to that organization. He might not be a bust overall because there's still time for his career to grow, but for Sixers fans, that was a nightmare scenario. It became a reality TV show-type format for him. Watching him squirm at the free-throw line was miserable for all people involved. I feel bad for Markel Fultz. I feel bad for the organization. They made a stupid move. They traded up to get him. They could have had Jason Tatum. They could have even had Lonzo Ball, which would have been a lot better. They could have had De'Aaron Fox. There's a lot of scenarios here where they could have had a better player than Markel Fultz, because Markel Fultz was 7.7 points per game, and he missed 109 ball games over his time there. He played in 30 basketball games. That is miserable. Again, it's a sad existence for the kid. I feel bad for him. I hope 
He moves on. I hope it works out for him with the magic. But for the Philadelphia Sixers and their fans, it's time to move on from Markel Fultz. This was the thing to do. You just got to stomach it and trade away the pick. This management wasn't the one who drafted him. So Elton Brand really has no connection to Markel Fultz. This was the move that needed to be made. Because now you have your core four guys moving forward for the foreseeable future. Because to me, they have to sign Jimmy Butler. Now, they have to sign Tobias Harris. They're going to have four max guys and a bunch of role players. So this is their core moving forward, is Embiid, Simmons, Butler, and Harris. That's got to be the core moving forward. I, I imagine J.J. Redick fits in there somewhere, but J.J. Redick is like a mercenary at this point. He could leave for the top dollar. And if that team loses Redick and they don't have the cap space to sign, the, the, the role these four guys have to mix well together because there's no reset button. The reset button for the Sixers is to... Rebuild, and you can't rebuild when you have Simmons and Embiid. You have to sign Butler, and you have to sign Tobias Harris, and you're not going to have great role players. They might have the best starting five in basketball right now with Redick and those four guys I mentioned, but they have one of the weakest benches in the NBA, and they don't have the depth that the Warriors have. They don't even have the depth that the Celtics have, and they don't even have the depth that the Raptors have. The Raptors might be the deepest team in the league, so the the, the Sixers are going in the opposite direction of these teams. Heavy up front, low in the bottom. That's their roster right now. Top heavy, bottom weak. And that's different than these teams that are winning right now. The Rockets are like that too. I would say the Rockets and the Sixers to me are very similar in that they're top heavy teams with great starting lineups. But once you get to the bench, you really see the weaknesses in these teams. That their role players aren't great scorers, not great defenders, and they're they're not the backbone of their team. The Celtics are the opposite team to me. The Celtics have moments where their bench can score better than their starters. And the Sixers, to me, are never going to have that issue because they have Embiid, Butler, and Harris all starting. And no one on their bench is a double-digit scorer or even a threat to teams that fear them at all. And I think that's going to be the weakness of this team. I think the Sixers' best-case scenario is... A trip to the conference finals. I mean, I, I do believe that that's possible because I, I'm not sure how I feel about the Raptors overall and I'm not sure about how I feel with the Bucks overall. So the future does look bright now for the Sixers, but again, their overall future is a bit murky. Let's talk about the Bucks, who I think had the best trade deadline of these East teams. They got rid of Thon Maker, a useless center who didn't want to be on their roster, and they came up with Nikola Mirotic. Now, to non-basketball fans, Nikola Mirotic is not a star player, but to me, he's the guy that joined the Pelicans after DeMarcus Cousins was hurt and was a huge upgrade to that roster, and that team was able to make the playoffs without DeMarcus Cousins and with Mirotic as the number two guy. <clears throat> the Bucks, to me have two big men that can shoot threes at a very high rate. The surprisingly good three-point shooter, Brooke Lopez, and now Nikola Mirotic. That is a weapon for for teams in the East. The Celtics, for instance, if they go up against the Bucks, they have no one really to guard Nikola Mirotic because their bigs like Al Horford and Aaron Baines are not great perimeter defenders. Celtics fans might remember this. Aaron Baines was amazing at defending Joel Embiid. Can he defend Brooke Lopez? Can he defend Nikola Mirotic from the three-point line? I don't think so. It's going to be interesting to see if they can defend these guys now. Because 
Eric Bledsoe is another guy having a phenomenal year with the Bucks. I really like what the Bucks have done. And Nikola Mirotic adds to their depth. And he's just a huge upgrade to their roster. He's not a star player, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is having such a good season that these guys are playing great around him. And Chris Middleton, I love that guy. He made the All-Star game great for him. The Bucks have a roster that I love to watch play basketball. And now when you have multiple bigs that can shoot the free point at a high rate, to me, you become a dangerous team. And they are a great passing team. And they're linked on the defensive end is insane. To me, they're like the Celtics of last year, where every starter was long and lengthy. You have Giannis. Now you have you have Giannis. You have Middleton. Now you have Miritich. You are long. You can rebound. You can pass. You can shoot. They are a great team. Mike Boonholzer, to me, is coach of the year. And the Bucks are going to be the top seed in the East. And I think they're, I think they're my pick to be in the Eastern Conference Final. I think they're the one of the four teams that I believe are definitely going to make the Eastern Conference Final. Because the way they play, it's inside and out. And now you add shooting like Miritich. And I just think it's going to open the lane for Giannis to become a better passer, to become a better scorer. To me, they are a great threat in the East to make it. And they, against the Warriors, that's an interesting Finals. That might not do great. Ratings-wise, because it's Milwaukee and Golden State. Again, Golden State will get the ratings, but Milwaukee won't. I think that's an interesting NBA Finals. And it's a change of pace from the LeBron every year thing. To to have Giannis, an up-and-comer, go up against the Warriors. And see Kevin Durant go up against Giannis. And again, the, the Golden State now has, what, five All-Stars against Milwaukee's one All-Star. But that would be so interesting to see if they can match Golden State. I'd want to see that. They've beaten them twice this year. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the only guy who's beaten the Golden State Warriors twice this season. That's interesting. Love what the Bucks have done so far. Now let's talk about the Raptors, who add former Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus All, get rid of Jonas Valanciunas, send him off to Memphis. Listen, I like Marcus All. I think it's an upgrade. He's, he's having his best year as a passer. I just think his time as a formidable foe has gone away from him. He's not the same Marcus All. He's going into that level. I don't know if he's going to have that second-tier career that his brother had. Listen, could this? Some people are comparing this to the time that his brother Powell got traded to the Lakers and made a huge impact. First of all, Powell was younger, and I think Powell Gasol is a better overall player than Marc Gasol. I might not be the majority on this one, but I think Powell Gasol has had a better career. He's a better offensive player than Marc Gasol is. Marc Gasol shoots jumpers, and it's nice, but I don't know. I've never been the biggest Marc Gasol fan. He's he's great on the defensive end. He's a really good player. I just don't know if the game is the same way where you get a big and he makes a huge impact. That's where I am with that trade. Is Marcus All going to change the landscape of the East? Like, they, they've done great. That roster has done great with the likes of Serge Ibaka and so many other. First of all, that team has Serge Ibaka playing center. So now what's going to happen? Is Serge Ibaka going to be the five, the four and Marcus All is going to be the five? Or is Serge Ibaka going to be on a bench roll, because I'm going to say this out loud, and I might be on the real minority on this one, Serge Ibaka has played great this year, better than what Marcus Gasol is probably going to give this roster, I don't, sometimes, I, I, I love the idea of trades, I love the idea of mixing and matching, 
and adding star players to my roster. I really love that. But there's something about team unity that I also like. This idea that these guys have played together so well, and the Raptors have had, so far, one of their best seasons ever, and they've had Kawhi Leonard, and they've had so many guys like Siakam step up. So why am I adding Marcus All to it just to go all in on this season? If he doesn't have chemistry, if it doesn't work out, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, well, that trade didn't work out. And that's a huge risk that I'm not sure is worth taking. This feels to me like this last hurrah. I think they might know that they're not going to get Kawhi back. So this is the idea of going all in on this year. Try to win the title. Try to keep Kawhi. It's desperate. I kind of like it, but I don't love it. I ultimately... Do not love the move. I don't love the move. Marcus Saul is not the same guy. He doesn't have an impact on the game. He'll, he'll put up his double-double. It'll look nice, but I don't think his impact on winning is as good. He was the best player in Memphis, and when he was, it didn't really work out that great for them. Memphis was at their best when Zach Randolph was their best player. I think that's how this really worked out. When he was playing with a guy like Randolph, he was at his best. When he's the top guy, when he's the top gun, it doesn't work out for them. Now with Toronto, you have Kawhi Leonard. Listen, Kawhi Leonard didn't play great with LaMarcus Aldridge. So I'm not really sure if Kawhi Leonard wants to play with a dominant big man who he has to feed the ball to. It seemed like things were going well with the Raptors. This seems like a nothing move to me. Now you have to take like Danny Green out of the starting lineup and they become, I don't know, it's weird to say that the former Defensive Player of the Year isn't the same guy he used to be, but I don't think he's the same guy he used to be. I ultimately don't think he's that big of an upgrade over Valanciunas. Valanciunas is also one of the only Raptors, to my knowledge, who played well in the playoffs when they've lost. Valanciunas has had big playoff series. You know who Jonas Valanciunas has played better than in the playoffs? Their star point guard, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, to me, is the problem with the Toronto Raptors. It's why I won't pick them to win in the playoffs. It's why I think they should have made a deal with Memphis for one of their stars, but they got the wrong one. They should have swapped Kyle Lowry for Mike Conley. Mike Conley is more in control than Kyle Lowry. He's a better defender. He's a better passer. I love Kyle Lowry in the regular season, but now that the postseason is upon us, it's time to move on from Lowry. I've seen the movie before. He's going to make some bad decisions. Remember when Kyle Lowry literally left the game because he was nervous? This is embarrassing to be doing the same song and dance, changing the formula, getting rid of guys like DeRozan, when the real problem to me is Kyle Lowry. I want to end the show talking about the breakup of a roster, though. The playoff teams added. The Celtics didn't. I find that whole thing interesting also. But I want to talk about the Wizards breaking up the band. You have John Wall. You had Bradley Beal. Then you signed their third star slash role player, Otto Porter, to a huge contract. He looked like he was on the up and up. Otto Porter Jr. was becoming a really good three-point shooter. And then they traded him away to... (laughs) The Chicago Bulls for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Listen, the Wizards have broken up, and it's kind of sad for me because I think they were the team that was most interesting to watch play the Boston Celtics. To me, they were the Celtics' rival these past two or three years, where it's like, you're playing the Wizards, you got Morris, now he's gone from the Wizards, you got Wall, now he's injured, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the guy 
I think they've got to trade Beal or Wall because those two did not work out together. They have a few to me that's like Shaq and Kobe. They are not mixing well together. Beal thinks he's the alpha dog. John Wall thinks he's the alpha dog. Scott Brooks, to me, is a terrible coach. The Wizards just need to hit the reset button. They've had Ernie Grunfeld as their GM since, like, the Gilbert Arenas years. The Washington Wizards need to blow it up. They had the issues with Martian Gortat. They need young players. They're an old, old basketball team who's not really even that old. They just act like they're old. They had one really good year when Paul Pierce was there, and then Paul Pierce left, and they were bad, which is sad, right, that Paul Pierce, at his middling age, was the reason that the Washington Wizards were ever good at basketball. I'm a big John Wall fan. So I think the Wizards should keep John Wall because I think he's one of the last guys who really plays the point guard position right. I really feel that Bradley Beal needs to be traded. And I think if I were the Lakers, by the way, I would be really interested in trading for Bradley Beal over signing like a Clay Thompson because I think the ceiling for Bradley Beal is through the roof here. I think Bradley Beal is a really good basketball player. also think he's an underrated defender. I think he's one of the guys that needs to be traded, though. He's the guy that needs to, I mean, getting rid of Otto Porter Jr.'s gigantic contract is a must thing. And get, to get back Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker's and nothing move, are the Wizards competing for a playoff spot down the run here? I don't really know. Jabari Parker plays zero defense. Bobby Porter is the maniac who, by the way, punched Nikola Mirotic in the face last season. To me, what the Wizards have done is interesting. They've hit the reset button. It was a short little run here, but it seemed like for five years they were the next team, they were the next team, and they never became that team. I think that's what the what makes the NBA so interesting. You had that with Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, this is the next team. They have Harden, they have Durant, they have Westbrook. Now, all three of those players are leading their own teams. Westbrook's still in OKC. Durant with Golden State, and of course Harden with the Rockets. Some of these teams need to take advantage now of their situations. Washington Wizards did not take advantage of their situation. You know who needs to take advantage of their situations right now? The Sixers, the Bucks, and the Raptors, and the Celtics need to take advantage of their situations right now because the window to take success, the difference between being a second round team and now a nothing like the Wizards are is in a flash. It happens that quickly. I would have told you, I would have thought the Wizards run would have been a lot longer, but it wasn't. It was that fast. Everything blew up in their face. They give John Wall the super, super max. They're stuck in cap hell with him. They give Bradley Beal the money. They give Otto Porter Jr. the money. They did everything right. They paid their guys who were improving, but then their guys don't get along and it all blows up in their face. I don't even think this, the Wizards mishandled anything. They signed Marky Morris. They kept him. They kept everyone around who seemed to be improving, and then it just blew up in their face. This is the magic of basketball. This is the magic of sports. Sometimes it just doesn't work out for all involved. And I think it's a sad thing that the Wizards have it's blown up in their face. I think it is. I think it's sad that the Wizards aren't going to be around. Because I like that Wall and Beal team, and I like that they had a rivalry with my Celtics. It was a good rivalry. They were up and coming. The Wizards were up and coming. They had one of the best playoff rounds a couple years ago with Isaiah Thomas. And it was just an epic playoff battle that I thought was going to keep going on for years and years and years. But like most things in sports, it blows up in your face 
way faster than you think it can. Like, I think the Celtics have a long run of being good. I could be wrong. The Raptors are taking advantage of the short little window. They seem to realize they have a short little window. I respect that, but I don't think it's that great of an idea. The Bucks, Giannis could just one day wake up and say, I don't want to be in Milwaukee, and things could change so fast. Things could change so fast for the, and the Sixers, if they lose Butler and, and Harris and the free agency, although I think they probably have an agreement with Jimmy Butler now, and Tobias Harris, they wouldn't have traded for him if they thought he was going to leave. But again, this trade deadline just, it was all Eastern Conference teams. I think it's interesting what the East is doing. Can any of these teams compete with the Warriors? That is yet to be seen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There will be a new episode of the Head Dead Podcast every Monday on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.